Mindset is the developed capacity to utilize your mind to reorganize and rewire your brain and your nervous system. And it's the most important skill that you can possibly develop. And it's a beautiful thing that it's a skill because anyone can learn it. I've never met anybody who's more advantaged at mindset than another person. It's just understanding that the name of the game of personal growth is actually changing your brain and changing your nervous system. That's what it is. It's not hustle. It's not grind. It's not hope. Welcome to A Changed Mind, a journey into the topics that matter to you most. From the neuroscience and spirituality of mindset and personal growth to groundbreaking strategies for health, wealth, and relationships, to open and honest conversations about pressing global issues such as the environment, censorship, corporate capture, and democracy. Each and every episode reminds us of the certainty of the goodness of the future and provides the teachings, tools, and timeless wisdom inspiring you to create real lasting change in your life and in the world. If you've been desiring a sanctuary for your spirit, a place to go to tune out the distraction, negativity, and doom and gloom so that you can tap into the deep power, the vibrancy, and the potential you have inside, you're in the right place. Welcome to A Changed Mind. Hey, it's David. Just a quick interruption to your normally scheduled podcast. I've got an incredible opportunity for you. Big announcement that my book is now live on Amazon, A Changed Mind, Go Beyond Self-Awareness, Rewire Your Brain, and Re-Engineer Your Reality. If you've been wanting to take your personal growth to the next level, maybe you've done the self-help thing, but you're still feeling more stress or overwhelm or anxiety in your life, maybe you've gotten to the next level of financial security or growth in your relationships or health or your business, but you've hit a new ceiling and you're really wanting to understand how to identify the resistance that is still inside of you that's shaping your experience of life and to let it all go and transform it so that you can truly feel free emotionally, spiritually, financially, and achieve your full potential, you've got to check out this book. I spent the last 18 months pouring all of the teachings, philosophies, tools, even processes that I've never taught before that have helped me go from a life where I was literally struggling to survive to a life now that I love in a system that lets me materialize the vision I have for my business, my family, my world, without the hustle and grind and putting my spiritual growth and well-being first. So if you've been wanting a treasure map to the emotional and material promised land that life has waiting for you, take a minute to jump on over to Amazon, grab yourself a copy of A Changed Mind, or better yet, grab a couple of copies and give them as gifts to your loved ones the feedback is already coming in. People are saying this is one of the most practical and powerful personal development books they've ever read, and I get it because everything that's in this book is exactly what I went through, what I learned, and what I used to change my mind. Check it, grab yourself a copy, and now on to your regularly scheduled podcast episode. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited about the conversation that we're gonna be having today. If you have been feeling stuck in personal development or self-help, you've read the books, you've gone to the events, you've understood the concepts, and you've had some incremental changes in your life, you've had some improvements, but you don't feel like you've realized the promise of personal growth or spiritual growth. You're still experiencing more stress or anxiety or overwhelm in your life. There are relationship challenges that you'd like to resolve, maybe some health challenges. You're still living in some form of financial insecurity. You don't have clarity around your purpose. You're struggling to grow your business. 
or there's just more resistance that you're feeling in your life, you're going to love this episode because we're going to be unpacking where personal growth has been up until now and this new emergence of human evolution, the ability to actually integrate and begin to embody everything that we have been learning along the way of our personal development journeys. And so whether you're brand new to personal growth or you're a veteran, you've walked the hot coals, you've climbed the mountains, you've done the breath work, you've done the plant medicine, you've studied in ashrams, I don't care how deep you've gone, this conversation is going to take this very ethereal concept of personal growth and distill it down into an understanding that you can actually embody. And as always, I want to acknowledge you for being here because by being here, you're doing the work. We're doing the work. We're doing the work together. And as we continue to go deeper into our own evolution, into learning how to downregulate our nervous systems, how to more consistently connect with a higher power, a power greater than ourselves, how to operate in our lives with less resistance and more allowance, one by one, we not only change our lives, but together we change the world. So I'm going to be talking to you about where we've been in personal growth, where we're going, how we can close the gap. I'm going to be sharing some of my own journey, my own story with you as we break it down. And I think what's helpful is to start with some definitions of personal growth. What is personal growth? And just in the definition of what we're talking about, we can begin to see that there are, it's a multifaceted conversation because on one hand, personal growth is learning how to understand ourselves and what happened to us at an early age. Some people describe this as childhood traumas or our limiting beliefs. And through that self-awareness and that understanding, learn how to reduce the amount of stress or overwhelm or feeling not good enough in our lives. And that begins to open up more possibilities. It starts to unlock energy. There's a direct correlation as we do this work to understand and heal the past with the expansion of our nervous system, our capacity to have more emotional range and our ability to begin to dictate the circumstances around us rather than be reactive to them. That would be one way to look at personal growth. Another way to look at personal growth would be deepening our connection to spirit, acknowledging and recognizing that all things are what we could call consciousness. All things are, as the hermetics called it, the great one or the all, or as the Buddhists called it, the great shining body of radiance that has no beginning or no end. Some people describe it as God or Jesus or Allah or the universe or the unified field. But it's really the only thing that exists. And as individual souls, we come into a body for an individual experience. We, we are this higher power having what seems like a separated, individuated experience. And so part of personal growth is connecting back into that great body of intelligence. And when we do that, we have increased levels of intuition, vibrancy, health, financial prosperity. Another way to look at what personal growth is, which I think is this next step beyond where we've been, which has been a lot of motivation, a lot of philosophies, a lot of inspiration that's sort of been distorted into this mutant version of personal growth, which is hustle and grind. And I'm speaking from 
an experience of thinking that that was what self-help or personal growth is. But a down-regulation of our nervous system, learning how to operate more from a parasympathetic, from a rest and relaxation, we gain that when we're operating in faith, when we're operating not separated, but with a belief that we're co-creating with a great intelligence that is around us and within us. And it's an actual rewiring of the brain. It's transforming neural networks or neural synaptic connections in our brain that represent memories of misunderstanding that cause us painful emotions. And as we transform those memories into a greater understanding of love and appreciation and forgiveness, we become more powerful and we're able to have a powerful living experience. And so all of these things are part of the conversation of personal growth. And where I started in my own personal growth journey was through 12-step recovery. I was what I thought pursuing success as an entrepreneur and as a human being, but I wasn't dealing with the underlying emotions that were wanting to come up and be transformed so that I could actually increase my capacity and achieve the vision that I have for my life and the reason why I'm here on this planet, it's all part of the process. We, we take our wounds and we transform them into our personal power. And I was using drugs and alcohol and sex and work to not deal with those emotions and memories that were coming up wanting to be transformed. I did that probably really from the age of 13 through my early 30s. And when it got to a point that my life had become unmanageable, I was running a venture-backed technology company with about 30 employees. And when I wasn't working, I was drinking, I was drugging, I was sexing, I was abusing pornography. Uh, I got into a 12-step program. You know, I was very, very fortunate that the discomfort in my own life was life-threatening. You know, most people, it's not life-threatening in the sense of life or death. It's life-threatening in the sense that if we don't embark on this journey of personal growth, and make that a commitment to a daily practice, we can live an unfulfilled life, meaning we never fulfill on the hopes and dreams we have and the potential that's possible for us. And so I started working a 12-step program. The 12 steps are a really incredible technology for addressing the underlying causes of addiction, which are the thoughts, the habits of emotion, that I was experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis that were causing me pain that I wasn't looking at. And so for about 18 months, I went to three 12-step meetings a week. I got a sponsor. I was working the 12 steps. I'll go into detail on the 12 steps in another episode because it's a, a beautiful, wonderful technology that all of us can benefit from. I was seeing a therapist on a weekly basis. I was attending a men's group. My recovery became my life. Just like today, personal growth is the priority in my life. I mean, personal growth in a sense is the priority above my family. It's above my business because if I commit to my own growth, I become so much more for everyone around me. And so it is a priority. And back then it was a priority because my life was truly at risk, whether it was drunk driving or acting out sexually in a way that, uh, would have been illegal or caused personal harm to myself. Same thing with my marijuana abuse. 
And so through this process over 18 months, I started to become aware of my own thinking and I started dealing with the underlying emotions and thoughts. And as a result of working this program, I started gaining sobriety. I started becoming happier and I became more curious about what was possible in my own self-growth and I got into personal development and in order to get into personal development, I think to have your club card, you've got to start reading the book. So I made my first venture to a bookstore, bought a little book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which was the beginning of my educational journey outside of recovery. And after consuming the books, I ended up going to the events. I did the Landmark Forum and a variety of Landmark Series education. I went to the Tony Robbins events. Uh, I sought spiritual education. Carol, uh, my wife and I, uh, went to India. We studied there for three weeks. I started getting into other tools and techniques like meditation and breath work. I started to understand that these emotions that we have over time become stored in the body. And I started doing what's called somatic or body work to start allowing the trapped emotions at a cellular level to begin to release so that I could heal those traumas. But what I found over time was that I knew a lot of the information. I understood limiting beliefs. I understood this concept of surrender and allowing in life. I knew that anger expressed in an unhealthy way didn't serve me. I understood that I was good enough, but I still felt not good enough. I knew intellectually that there really were no wrong decisions in life, that spirit gives us an opportunity to experiment and play and we learn from every decision we make but I still lived in a lot of indecision I knew intellectually that I could and maybe even should appreciate what other people were accomplishing but I still found myself comparing myself to other people especially through my social media feed and so that uh, continual underlying discomfort or disturbance in my force drove me to continue to explore and that's what created the work that Carol and I do today and the community that we've built. Really this desire to go beyond just being aware of our own thinking, but knowing how to actually transform our thoughts. And that's a significant distinction <laughs> because knowing the information can be helpful, but embodying and integrating who you are into that understanding, that's really the key that unlocks personal power, peace, serenity. And so that's what we're going to be exploring today. I think a lot of people are stuck in self-help. I think a lot of people become addicted to personal growth. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's part of the process. I think a lot of the spiritual and personal growth teachers up until now, and even now, struggle with the embodiment piece. You can, you can teach calm, but that's different than being calm. You can teach faith and trust and the importance of it, but that's different than being faithful and trusting rather than controlling. And so a lot of what is happening now is a great transition from the information that had been disseminated since the time of Christ and before. If you really look at the Bible, it's a book about how to become a greater version of yourself 
and connect with consciousness and live in the flow of the intelligence of life. And prior to that, there were Eastern teachings that really echoed the same themes all the way up to great teachers in the 1800s and 1900s with the New Thought Movement, William Walker Atkinson, Raymond Charles Barker, uh, the Unity Church Movement, um, certain sects of Christianity, all religions in some way, shape, or form have been communicating this message that we can be as great as the spiritual teachers and that there is a power greater than us that is caring for us on a moment-by-moment basis and that, frankly, we're making it a lot harder than we need to. And so struggle oftentimes leads to an exhaustion that creates an acquiescence and a relaxing. It's like you get so tired of the struggle that you finally relax and you almost give up. In addiction, we call it hitting your bottom. And when you hit your bottom, you're open to receiving something different. You sort of give up your own control. And that's what happened in my own journey. I, even as a teacher and starting to teach back in 2014, 2015, I was being driven a lot by my ego and wanting to grow a business and seeing a lot of communication out there around hustle and grind. We see that today. There are some very popular social media influencers in the personal growth space that are talking about hustling and grinding and getting up early and beating out your competition. And that's part of the old resonance of personal growth. The new resonance that's emerging is a lot more elegant. It's more graceful, meaning it brings spirit or God or the universe into the conversation in a more meaningful way. It's less about you making an effort and having to drive and push and hustle and grind. And it's more about a collaboration, a collaboration between us and spirit, a collaboration with each other. And understanding that if we want to create anything in our lives, any type of solution, that it's not really dependent upon us. We play a role, we receive an inspiration, and we take some action. But then there's this co-creative force that is also at work. And so I want to talk a moment about that because there's an opportunity to really distill down this personal growth conversation into a couple of things. Number one, I think it's worth defining what mindset is. Mindset is the developed capacity to utilize your mind to reorganize and rewire your brain and your nervous system. And it's the most important skill that you can possibly develop. And it's a beautiful thing that it's a skill because anyone can learn it. I've never met anybody who's more advantaged at mindset than another person. It's just understanding that the name of the game of personal growth is actually changing your brain and changing your nervous system. That's what it is. It's not hustle. It's not grind. It's not hope. It's not just meditation. That's a great tool. It's not just gratitude. That's a great practice. But the container for the conversation is we as a species are really unique in the sense that not only can we become aware of our own thinking, but we can actually rewire 
our own electrical mechanical structure. We can change our own brains. And what's happening right now is as science and spirituality or wisdom teachings and psychology are converging, it gives us an opportunity to step onto the leading edge of the evolution of our own species. You know, when a species evolves, we normally think of it as, you know, a bird that develops bigger wings or a longer beak or something that goes from being amphibious and spending some time underwater and some time on land to spending full time on land, right? There's an evolutionary process. But what's happening right now with humanity is that there are some human beings whose nervous systems and brains are changing different than the rest of humanity. And that change is a healing of our past misunderstandings that are stored in our brain and a realignment of our nervous system so that we're not consistently operating from fight, flight, or freeze, the sympathetic expression of our nervous system, which is really an old nervous system. It's an ancient nervous system. And those of us who are in this type of work, the leading edge of personal growth, understanding that this is really about neurobiological change, are using tools and techniques and practices and community and fellowship along with the information to actually operate more consistently from parasympathetic, from rest and relaxation. One of the things that we teach is that there are only two states of being. There are powerful states of being and by states of being, I mean ways that you feel. There are powerful states of being, states like joy, curiosity, uh, peace, calm, excitement, compassion, gratitude, states of emotion that feel good. And there are primal states of emotion. Those are states of emotion that don't feel good. Stress, anxiety, overwhelm, anger, boredom. They manifest as depression, anxiety, procrastination, self-sabotage, comparing indecision. Those are primal states. And there's no judgment. One of the things that I'm always wanting to emphasize to you is you're doing a great job. Wherever you are in your journey right now, you're in the right place. And moving forward from where you are, you can attain and you will attain the vision that you have whether that's material, whether that's spiritual, whether it's a better emotional experience of life. So there's no judgment about whether you're in a primal state or a powerful state. You can think about earlier today, you know, were you feeling good or were you not feeling good? If you were feeling good, you were in a powerful state of emotion. If you were not feeling good, you were in a primal state of emotion. What's important is to notice where you're at, and to also know that you're always in one state of being or the other. You're always in either a powerful state of being or a primal state of being. You're never emotionless. And you're never in both states of being at the same time. And so these states of being, powerful states of being, map to the parasympathetic nervous system and primal states of being map to the sympathetic nervous system. And if you were to ask me, what's the most important thing, David, that I could be doing in order to have better relationships or make more money or grow my business or reduce my anxiety or overcome my autoimmune disease or to contribute to making what feels like a very chaotic, dismantled world a better place to live in or to be a better parent or to be a better partner, I would say, notice 
when you've moved into a primal state and do the best you can to use the tools that you have to move back into a powerful state of being. Because it's in a powerful state of being that we're actually being our authentic selves. It's from a powerful state of being, states of being that feel good, that we have access and connection to spirit, intuition, creativity, higher forms of intelligence, vibrancy, vitality, empathy, presence, non-reactivity. This is the emergent you. When we're in a primal state, we're essentially being a version of the primal man. We're operating according to the automatic fear-based response mechanisms of our system. People would call the ego. Operating from ego. And in that place, we don't have access to all of those things I previously mentioned. We're reactive. And in a sense, what's happening is we're experiencing something that's similar or representative of something that we experienced a long time ago, usually before the age of seven. And the brain is trying to match this experience that you're having right now, uh, confrontation in the workplace, uh, sitting in traffic, uh, concern that you're going to be late for something, uh, even ruminating in your own mind around whether you did something right or wrong. It's matching that experience with the database of your past. And whatever emotion you had in the past, it's going to bring that emotion up in the present moment along with some similar pattern of thinking. And so I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day by Bill Murray. It was a great movie in the 90s where Bill Murray ends up living the same day over and over and over again. Every day he wakes up and it's the same day. And he becomes so exhausted from living the same day that he starts to find very creative ways to kill himself. It's a very funny movie. But what's not funny is this is the experience that we experience until we move beyond personal growth 1.0 and we start to learn how to integrate and embody everything that we're learning so that we can experience a changed mind. So that we're not living the same experiences over and over and over again. Because the truth is, is that whatever experience is triggering you, that's moving you into a primal state, the only thing that's causing you to react that way is your own thinking about the experience. It's not the experience itself, right? If someone says something to you that seems rude, them saying it to you does not invoke anger in you. It's the meaning that you give the experience. Oh, they shouldn't have said that to me. How dare they? You take it personally. This is a really wonderful realization. Like all of your emotions are created by one thing and one thing only, what it is you think. And you actually can control what you think, right? Now, again, this requires practice. It requires community. And on a lot of the episodes on this podcast or on our YouTube channel, we're sharing these tools. Then, of course, there's an opportunity for you to go deeper into learning them with us because Carol and I and our whole community Right? We're practicing this every single day, just like we would go to the gym, learning how to take the experiences of our life and to be responsive rather than reactive. And to also experience those experiences, knowing that what is unfolding in front of us is always some form of love. Now, it may be a dissonant form of love, right? Someone being angry at you is really the fact that there's something that they love and they protect or they're afraid of and they don't know how to properly communicate it. 
But every experience that we have in our life is some form of life working for our greatest growth, our greatest prosperity, and our greatest evolution. And so in order to experience life that way, it requires a practice. And going back to the fundamentals, mindset at this higher level of integration, right? The ability to actually start changing in really meaningful ways the way that you're experiencing life so that you can have a more enjoyable experience of life, so that you can be more in flow with life, so that you can create more money and so that you can create more wonderful experiences, so that you can have the material things and so that you can ultimately achieve your full potential. Mindset is the developed capacity to use your mind to rewire your brain and downregulate your nervous system. And there are only two states of being that you experience, powerful states and primal states. The name of the game is to operate from a powerful state of being. One of the things that I've found is that the information is really helpful. Like just by listening to this episode, you're changing. The words that I'm speaking are a particular harmonic or frequency. They represent a truth. They represent the laws of life. And you're ingesting that information through your senses into your nervous system. And you're actually realigning the energetics of your being to the great being, the great body of radiance to all that is. And so the information is absolutely important. And then we have to take this information and we have to put it into a series of practices, right, on a daily basis. One of the practices we teach, for example, is a 12-step structure called the whole human framework, where on a daily basis, we're identifying our limiting beliefs and using the tools that we teach in order to transform them into empowered decisions. We're noticing when new resentments come up because we recognize that resentments bind our energy and move us into a primal state. And we use a framework we teach called the forgiveness framework in order to transform resentments. But it's a daily practice. And that is one of the challenges with the, where personal growth has been. It's been sort of an injection of state change. I remember when I used to go to the early personal development events, I'd go for three days or four days, long days. I'd be jumping up and down, you know, changing my state and my physiology. And you can feel better doing that. And that's why exercising several times a week is important. That's why many people, including myself, have practices like cold plunging or hot sauna or yoga practice or breath work. Those change your physiological state. And as you change your physical state, that changes how you think. So you can temporarily catalyze better feeling thoughts by managing your body. But we can't do that all the time. Right? It would be awkward for me to, in the middle of this episode, just start jumping up and down because I noticed that there was a feeling of stress or anxiety coming over me. But I do have the opportunity to become aware of what I'm thinking that is causing that emotional dysregulation and then use some tools in order to reevaluate the thinking and create a new perspective and transform the way I feel. What's beautiful is that as we go from 
Personal Development 1.0, where we had a lot of the information and maybe we were going into an environment or reading a book that made us feel good, but then we went back into our life and we went back with the same brain and the same nervous system. And so the old patterns of thinking, the old patterns of emotions came back, right? That was stage one. Stage two is you get into a practice, you kind of take some tools on the road with you so that as you're experiencing life, and you're noticing through the experiences of life, and this is a beautiful thing, the experiences of life that you react to from a primal state, that's actually an opportunity for you to become aware of what it is you believe or what it is you think, right? That's how you become more self-aware is you actually pay attention to the experiences that you don't like in your life. That's how you discover your limiting beliefs or your personal traumas or your childhood stories. So stage two is we're engaging in a living practice out there in the world, right? Not meditating in an ashram, not, you know, living in a cave somewhere. Sure, going into nature and spending time resetting in the vibration, the pure vibration of the natural world is very important. Anyone who gets into this type of healing work understands that spending time in nature is critical in order to reset your cellular resonance, the the vibration of your nervous system, your patterns of thinking and your patterns of emotions. But you're probably wanting to achieve some things in life, right? You likely haven't incarnated, if you're here with me right now, to live a hermetic life. (laughs) Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. So there are things you want to go do. And so this sort of stage two of personal growth is we learn a playbook And we go and we practice it with life. And there's a lot of contrast that happens. It isn't easy. There are times we feel better. There are times we feel worse. But the good news is that it's all working for us. Because even in those times, and you may be in one right now where it feels very contracted, it feels very compressed, what's happening is your nervous system is in the process of transforming. Now, there are times where you can get stuck in that transformation because rather than allowing how you feel and using the experience in order to learn and grow, you over-focus on or we become addicted to the experience. That's what starts to happen with anxiety. It starts to happen with depression. If you haven't listened to one of my episodes on anxiety or depression and you're experiencing that, I highly recommend you do because the approach is the same. But this second phase is about doing the work. And you, you can't do the work by simply reading books, going to events, uh, meditating, right? We're supposed to engage with life and identify that which is triggering for us and learn how to transform that trigger into increased capacity in our nervous system and emotional range. And the third phase of this emerging human evolution track is that by consistently practicing, and I think it's really important to practice with other people. It's one of the benefits that I found in my 12-step community is that I was practicing recovery and sobriety with other people who are practicing recovery and sobriety. It's very important to be in fellowship and community, especially now as consciousness is continuing to evolve. We're transforming from sort of this I, me, guru, alone, 
creative perspective into more of a collective flock of birds, hive of bees collaboration, right? That's really where the next level of our access is. But this third stage of development is that the practice you've been doing on a daily basis starts to become automatic. And Carol and I have been experiencing this at heightened levels more recently. Uh, I've been in personal development for about a decade now. And I now understand that what she and I are experiencing and what other people in our community are experiencing and many of our friends are experiencing can be accelerated because we've learned from the process we've gone through. So it doesn't have to take 10 years. But you just begin to notice that you don't have to do the work anymore. It's automatic. I was having a private retreat uh, here at my home in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago with my private clients. And I was noticing that as we were together in a group, oftentimes in that type of environment, my clients are wanting to know what I think and I'm excited to share with them what's going on in my own life and my own spiritual and personal growth and the new distinctions that I'm discovering and different ways of applying tools in order to more effectively and gracefully navigate life. And there were times where I noticed that I would ordinarily share something but something inside of me said, no, just go ahead and wait. And so I waited and I created space and it was a different type of engagement. Ordinarily, I would just react from a great loving place, but my personality would basically be running the show. As we get into this third stage of development, we realize that the personality that we've been living is just a structure. It's a construct. There are benefits to it and there are limitations to it. And in this third stage of development, we're able to start consciously using those aspects of our personality that we've developed, the critical thinker, the caretaker, the empathizer, the, um, the, the, the motivated activity or hard worker part of us right? We can bring those out when we need them, but we also have the opportunity to put them back in their rooms when they're not necessary. And so this is what's so exciting about where we are in personal growth right now is that we're beginning to have access to embodying a level of being that the great teachers told us we would have access to. Remember Christ said, you'll be able to do greater acts than even I. Buddha, in his greatest teaching, which is the Lotus Sutra, essentially his message was, you too can achieve Buddhahood as I have achieved Buddhahood. And one of the reasons why so many teachers out there are teaching, and then you look behind the scenes and they aren't fully embodying their teachings, is because historically only a few individuals for whatever reason had access to this level three type of human evolution and personal growth. But what I believe now is that as the world is going through a great uncertainty and as old systems are falling away, there is a access to this new consciousness, this stage three consciousness that is becoming available to all of us. And that learning how to access and being in practice with others, this 
higher level of consciousness and truly embodying and integrating it through tools and daily practices and time together on a weekly, monthly basis is the most important thing any of us could be prioritizing for ourselves, for our families, for our well-being, for our financial future. Paramahansa Yogananda, who wrote a book called Autobiography of a Yogi, which uh, was a book that changed my life, said that the true yogi, someone who understands these spiritual and scientific principles and is able to embody them, as he did in the 1940s, 1950s, and early 1960s, and then he shared about what that experience was, the true yogi is able to stand unshaken amidst the crashing of worlds. And what it feels like as we look out into the world today is a crashing of worlds, isn't it? I mean, however you want to define the worlds, whether it's a political left and a political right that are clashing, uh, whether it's one superpower in the world and another superpower in the world that are clashing, uh, people of different opinions uh, about how we should handle things like a financial crisis or a pandemic, clashing. There's a lot of clashing that's going on. But what's really exciting is that there's a pocket of humanity that's emerging that is able to stand unshaken amidst all of this discord, all of this disagreement, and all of this uncertainty together in certainty of one thing, which is I am a powerful creator. I am responsible for that which I create in my life. And I am connected to a power greater than myself that will guide me and support me moving forward, not only as myself, but as a community of people. And that's why what we're really talking about is a spiritual evolution. What we're really talking about is a new technology that is available that goes beyond the hustle, the grind, the motivation, the inspiration, all of those things were part of the process. It's not to disparage those pieces, but they have led us to an opportunity today to truly become the next evolution of our human species. And those of us who choose to embrace that as a priority, I believe will be leading the rest of humanity forward. And so it's a very exciting time to be alive. I'm, we believe, right, in the certainty of the goodness of the future. And one of the things that we want, these episodes and our videos and our live events and our community to be is a sanctuary for the human soul, right? A place where we can all gather to be in the resonance of and remind ourselves of the truth that regardless of what it looks like out there, it's okay and you're going to be okay. And the way that we are able to solidify that into the reality of our lives is through a commitment, a, a discipline, a discipleship to this thing called personal growth, making it a priority on a day-to-day -day basis. And so my wish for you leaving today's episode is that 
you acknowledge that you're in exactly the right place right now for the dreams and the visions that you have moving forward. And that there is a reason why you decided to tune into this episode today. And that reason is that you're ready. And we know that you're ready because you're attracting this type of information. You're attracting this type of community. You've been asking for an answer. How can I go further into my own growth and evolution? Haven't you? And the beginning of the answer has shown up. Now, the entire spectrum of the answer does not get unpacked in one episode. That's what a Changed Mind podcast is all about. That's what our YouTube channel is all about, to take you through this extensive conversation around how you can overcome these various emotional and psychological challenges that you've been experiencing and are ready to transform from feeling not good enough to there not being enough time uh, to relationship challenges or health challenges. It's to take you deeper into understanding things like how did consciousness evolve into humanity and how do I put into perspective everything that I'm seeing going on in the world today if what you're telling me, David, is that life is always working for our greatest growth, our greatest prosperity, and our greatest evolution, hey, what tools are available to me? And how do I access them? And what's worked for you from breath work to meditation to chanting to plant medicine to now alternative psychotherapies? You know, How can we accelerate together your personal evolution so that you can be on the leading edge of resonance and energy and attitude and perspective and personality, not only solidifying your place within the world today of certainty and security, but to be a guiding light for others on that path too. So I just appreciate you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Those reviews give me an idea of what you're receiving from our conversations and time together and as showcases for other people what this conversation is about because the more people we bring into this conversation, uh, the faster we're going to all change together and be able to support the transformation of everything that's going on in the world today. And we all know that the world could use a little bit more love, a little bit more light, and a lot more support. So I love you. I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Hey, it's David. One more thing. If you want to go even deeper on everything we've talked about on today's episode, don't forget to jump over to www.davidbear.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter. A couple of times a week, I'm going to be sending you the latest episodes that we've released along with additional free trainings. You'll get immediate access to my free MindHack ebook and go even deeper into all the tools, the technologies, and the frameworks that have helped tens of thousands of people establish a changed mind. Don't forget to jump on over to the site, and I will see you in the next episode.